Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. You're with Dr. David DeRose here in Orlando, Florida. It's ASI 2018. And uh, as usual at this venue, we've got some great guests lined up. In front of me, Tom and Elaine Waters with Restoration International. Tom and Elaine, great to have you with us. Thank you. Hey, nice to be back again. Yeah, you joined me, what, a year ago yep. for a show. And uh, it was a show I think was very well received. You folks are sharing about families, marriage health. And a lot of people say, well, American Indian living, that's all about healthy everything. You folks have been doing things on site throughout Indian country and beyond. Tell us a little bit about your work for those who don't know anything about you. Yeah, Restoration International really was an outgrowth of our own needs in our family. Mm. We were very busy uh, in our medical careers, uh, very busy in our marriage and family, and like many people, uh, life just got too busy, mm. and we lost a lot of, of the connection. And for us, if you lose the connection with God, you begin to lose the connection with your marriage. Mm. You lose the connection with your marriage, you begin to lose your ability to manage your children in a proper way. Mm. And it just spills out into in, into church and community, and, and the world goes downhill when family goes downhill. And we started seeing that things needed to change for our lives. I mean, I love this background because I think people throughout Indian country, wherever they're at, they can they can relate to this because as we get away from that connection with the Creator, as you put it, whether mm-hmm. someone identifies that as, as right. God or a higher spirit, but that spiritual connection and then how that affects our relationships with our spouse, with our family. You are recognizing that need in your lives was it just Tom that recognized that, or Elaine, did you sense that too? Well, I sensed it too. I mean, we needed more time together. Of course, a wife at home with the little ones, you want more time with your husband. And if he's too busy and you're kind of always put on the back burner for when he has time, it gets very frustrating for the wife in the home. kind of mm. feels uh, like she's insignificant. Mm. So I think definitely we both recognize that. And now this was not yesterday. This was a while ago, huh? <laughs> Yeah, this was back in 1985. 1985. So you guys had your careers, your family. You were kind of the model American family, if well, you will. Well, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, we, we were as good as most people, and some people looked up to us. <laughs> but you said things aren't working right, and, and you actually stepped away from all that? Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole other story, but it's, it's an amazing part of our story where we just, uh, one evening we were sitting at home, it was actually a Friday evening, and and it's terrible to say this, but it was one of the few quiet evenings that we had in our home. Mm-hmm. We were so busy doing so many things for uh-huh. so many people, and uh, ourselves included. Yeah, and <laughs> we were just there by the fireplace, a crackling fire burning, and just out of the blue, I said to my wife, "So, what's the most important thing you can accomplish in life?" Hmm. Now I know where that came from, but I didn't at the time because she was just finishing her bachelor's degree in nursing and she was talking about a master's. And Uh so there we are sitting and our children are playing quietly at our feet. And 
this question pops out in the quiet moments, and I, I wasn't ready for the answer she gave me. <laughs> I, I'm waiting, Elaine. I okay. think everybody. So what, what, what comes out of your mouth? I said to him, after I paused a minute and really took in the question, I said to him, to see our children in the heavenly kingdom, hmm. to see them receive the crown of life. And even those words coming out of my mouth were even foreign to me because, of course, we want our children to have the best and have an eternal future. But for when I said that, it's like it shocked him. It wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sad because we, we were very active in our church and all these things, but that's not what I expected. And at that time, I was presently getting my CCRN. And tell us what well. that is. Critical Care Registered Nurse. Okay. So it's a spe- it's another level of specialty. Mm-hmm. And I was going through that process, just finishing up my bat. I had just finished my bachelor's degree and was looking long term. You know, like the girls are going to be older in a couple of years. They can go off to school, and I can live life. I can get into my career and do what I want. But when that evening just was a pivotal point in our lives, and he looked at me and he said, "Well, if that's really what." you want to accomplish in this life, then something's got to change. And that something is us. You know, what's interesting about your story, I mean, I think people can relate to it wherever they come from. Of course, you're sharing from a Christian perspective. And we have many listeners who throughout Indian country, they've embraced a Christian worldview. Others are very traditional, you know, native. And they're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, that wouldn't have been what I would have said at the fireplace. They would have said, I would have, you know, wanted to connect with uh, my family values. I would want to, you know, uh, go back to some of the ceremonies that my elders did. But what I hear you saying is you're trying to connect with deeper roots than really the culture of today's world. That's right. And I think that's a message that I hear people resonating with throughout Indian country. They're saying there's something bigger than just running for the dollars, running for the position, as good as that might be. And as needed as, I mean, you're talking healthcare careers, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you're at, whether mm-hmm. it's Indian country or whether a person's never met a Native American, there's needs throughout the world for people who have high training in those healthcare fields, but you're saying we need to focus on what's most important. And so as we're beginning this interview with the waters, I'm enjoying the story. I'm sure you are too, but I think we're all being challenged. We're being challenged today to say what's important, where are your values at, where, what is the trajectory you're on? And here I'm sitting across from two people in an exhibit hall, kind of noisy at times yes. if you're wondering about the, the ambient uh, background noise here, but you're saying we had to stop. And and so you take this pause on a Friday night and you say, we're not going on the trajectory that's really most important. So did you say, well, we'll just have a pity party once a week and keep doing what we're doing or what happened? Yeah, that was a big, uh, it was a big turning point in our lives. And uh, a word that we use often now as we work with families and, and uh, minister is being intentional. That word intentional has become more and more impactive in our lives. And I was just talking to to someone yesterday at our booth there, and I said, if you're really serious about this, you need to be very intentional. Hmm. And then I said, I'm going to say that one more time, very intentional. And he said, I get it, and I needed that right now. Huh. I mean, 
it was one of those moments that just kind of sends a little chill down my spine uh-huh. because I could hear that in what he was sharing. Uh-huh. And he wasn't just, I mean, yes, he was just passing by our exhibit, mm-hmm. but I call that a divine appointment anyway. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In my mind, it was a it was a special moment, and he got that. And I, I know that, you know, that doesn't mean his life's going to change in a moment, but it was that kind of moment for us that night. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And our lives have never been the same since then. That so, was a long time ago. <laughs> so, so eighty-five. You know, here we are, twenty eighteen, in Orlando at a big convention venue. And uh, I'm not going to try to do the math too quickly, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I'm coming up with somewhere thirty plus years. Sound right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and did you actually decide you were going to launch something to help other people, or that was not even on the radar screen to begin with? It really wasn't on the radar screen. What became apparent to us was that that's something that needed to change was us Mm -hmm. to be intentional about our marriage, our time together, and how we were going to raise our children rather than just kind of giving them things to do to occupy them. Like many parents give them things just to occupy time. We, I started, particularly as a mom in the home, spending time, quality time with the children, reading to them, playing with them, teaching them how to be mommy's helpers in the kitchen, little mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. that we actually started to bond and connect. And what I noticed is when we started making those initial changes, our home started to change. We had more obedient children. They were happier. Mm-hmm. We Everybody got along better. Mom was less stressed and less impatient. Daddy was happy when he came home because mommy was happy at home. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big thing, you know. When okay. mom's not happy at home, it makes not a happy place for anybody to be. Wow. So, so basically here we're talking about a, a journey that uh, really you're on a trajectory and you're interrupted in your life by your own questions. And right now if you're listening and you feel like we're being interrupted by some of the background noise, I don't know if you can hear it so much on the recording, but we've got a lot of uh, competition here in this environment. But it's a great environment because you who are listening in today to American Indian Living, you're really a part of the ASI event here in Orlando, Florida in 2018. Tom and Elaine Waters sharing their story, their own journey with me and talking about really what ended up being Restoration International. And, and I think everyone is, is saying, well, I've heard of these folks. Maybe we should just stop right here, kind of fast forward just to give the mm-hmm. context. I think we want to pick sure. up more of the, uh, the details. But right now, you folks, I mean, I know of you. My family, I think, met you years ago because when we were living in Oklahoma, there in the heart of Indian country, you were coming every year and you were doing some kind of an event to help people connect more as families. And, you know, of course, as the, the irony of it is, is I don't think I ever showed up. Uh, <laughs> my wife and kids were there a number of times. You got but, it by default. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so tell us why you're going around the country, Oklahoma, California, Washington, where else? Where, where are the main stopping places on your agenda? Virginia, the New York, upstate New York. Uh-huh. United Kingdom over in Wales. Okay. That's an international one. Colorado. Okay. So a lot of places accessible to people throughout Indian country. Absolutely. And, and what would someone find if they went to, do you call it a family camp? Is family, that, retreat. family retreat. Family retreat. What, what actually happens there? Well, uh, Wednesday evening, we people gather together at, at, at the location. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned uh, in Oklahoma, that's where we do our national family retreat. That's our lar- largest. We get between five and 700 people that wow. come to that one. Uh-huh. We come together and... 
kind of encourage people to disconnect from everything and really put the focus on their relationships with God, with each other and their marriages and their and their families. Uh-huh. And it's a blessing because people really do, and a lot of people that, that come year after year, this is a highlight for them. It's a reset for many mm-hmm. people because they come and they do kind of disconnect. They plan for it Wednesday evening through Saturday night. And there's three meetings a day which are basically the sit-down sessions mm-hmm. that we, we deal with of marriage, we deal with parenting things, we deal with really connecting with, with God in an individual way, which for us, you know, drives the, the positive direction of the marriage. Because if, mm-hmm. if I don't take time for God, inevitably I start losing time with my wife and my, mm-hmm. and my family. And so we come together and we encourage that. We do family recreation, uh, one of our sessions during the day, where the whole family participates. It's something that's family-friendly, not to mom and dad sending the kids off while they go do something else. Everybody's together. And by the end of that uh, retreat, people are, are just feeling like, yeah, how did I get away from this? How come I never have any time to play with my kids when I come home from work? Why, why you know, and, and moms are saying, yeah, I need to get my young people included in real life and teach them the things that I do in the kitchen rather than saying, go play, mommy's too busy. Mm. And this is a refocus time for families and a reconnection time, and it's very encouraging. You know, I hear this movement uh, happening in different ways in different contexts. So as I understand it, this is a a Christian-themed event. Mm -hmm. So someone who doesn't come from a Christian orientation would probably feel uncomfortable. Is that safe to say, Elaine? Or have you had people who just ventured in for the family benefit? Uh, We've had people that ventured in for the family Mm -hmm. side of it. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it does attract people who have a belief system in God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there's a belief system in a creator, a higher power, Mm -hmm. then, you know, of course, we talk about that higher power being God. But if they put it in their context, I think they could be very comfortable Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. There's no question that as we've run into people that are non-Christian, that they're very grabbed by the reality that I'm living in a society today, in a culture today, and whether that's in whatever culture it is, mm-hmm. people are being drawn down a path that is not always their intention. And they're young people. They're recognizing in many cases, they're young people. We're sitting in the same living room, but we're all disconnected from each other and connected to some other person out there in the world. Wow. Sobering stuff. We're going to come back because we're really talking about reconnecting with your roots, reconnecting with what's important to you. We're going to be back with more from Tom and Elaine Waters. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to American Indian Living. We'll be back up with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call one 800 775 hope that's 1-800-775-4673 we'll be right back after this this is betty white i know you don't need one more thing to worry about but listen high blood pressure can cause kidney damage blindness heart attack stroke and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right one in seven adults has it but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here at the venue of Orlando, Florida. It is August of 2018. That's when we're recording this pre-recorded show. Tom and Elaine Waters are sitting across from me here in the convention center. And they are the founders, the co-founders, of something called Restoration International. They're also the international speakers representing that ministry. You've got a couple of other team members, though, don't you, at least? Tell us about them. Paul and Carolyn Rain. They are our associates in ministry. And uh, they speak alongside of us, as well as they've written books, as we've written books. And if people go to the website, all of our material is free to listen to or download. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Even our family retreats as well. So you can actually watch a lot of the things online in the more recent. Really? So if someone's saying, hey, I want to try this out, and I'm not sure I want to actually go to the venue. By the way, what venue do you use in Oklahoma? It's Wawoka Woods okay. in Wawoka, Oklahoma. Okay, so right outside of Seminole there. And mm-hmm. uh, I was actually just there. It's a beautiful uh, retreat yes, it is. setting. Yeah. Uh, I was speaking for a different conference there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but that's very nice there. So Wawoka Woods is where you hold it. Is there a typical time of year that you're in Oklahoma? It's always the first full weekend of April. So okay. next year for 2019, it'll be April 3 to 7. Okay, so it's not too hot at that time of year. No, we've had everything from heat to snow that time of year. We've had 85 degrees and we've had 35 degrees. Okay, okay. So basically it's an adventure. (laughs) It is. But some people aren't ready to make that leap, but they can go to your website. What is the website? Restoration-international.org or O-R-G. Okay, restoration. Okay, R-E-S-T-O-R-A-T-I-O-N. Yep, hyphen. Hyphen. International. International. Okay, I'm getting it down here. RestorationInternational.org. And you're telling me if I go there, I can actually 
take in all of that last family retreat that I missed? Absolutely. Okay. You'll see all the main speakers, uh-huh. and you will get to get a little flavor of the recreation because they usually do a little bit of video work of that. It's huh. called the highlights video of okay. the retreat. Okay. But as far as the messages and the presentations, those are all there to watch. Huh. So tell us, Tom, what is this? Uh, you mentioned the recreation in general terms. I think some people are trying to wrap their minds around this. Right. Kids <laughs> and parents playing together. Oh, yeah, this is great. Let me give you an example of uh-huh. the kind of things we do. We try to meet all the different ages and stages uh-huh. of life. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you've got these young men out there that are, you know, just full of energy uh-huh. and uh, young ladies as well. But so we do some freeze tag. We call it family freeze tag where, you know, everybody's divided up and, you know, you might have the dads and the daughters chasing the mothers and the sons. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and so. That, that's one aspect of it. We have a, a new thing we're doing this year that's kind of fun. Everybody gets a like a beach ball. Every family gets Every one. family gets one. Uh-huh. And at the beginning of the recreation, they blow it up. It's theirs for the rest of the retreat and for the recreation. Uh-huh. And then we do a little kind of challenging activities like trying to get the family, say there's a family of five or whatever. They have to get that. My wife goes down to the other end of the field. And they have to get that as a family. They can't lock arms. They can't use their hands or arms. So they might use their backs or they might use their shoulders to take that ball all the way down to where Elaine is waiting. They can't kick the ball? They can't can't kick kick it. it. They can't hold it with their hands. They've got to carry it between them so that the whole family is touching the ball in one part of their body. I got it. Okay? Okay. So it is, it's hilarious and it's, it's a great bonding time, and the families are having a great huh. time. Okay? Now, some people are, you know, kind of they're a little bit suspect here. It sounds a little bit strange, but basically you're designing activities that you've tested, yes. and they work with families, yes. and, and people don't come up afterward and say, I mean, this was ridiculous. And Now, they're, they're coming up afterwards saying, we, we haven't had this much fun trying to do something as a family huh. disconnected for a long time. Okay. So here's the things going through my mind. You started by telling us your story, and we're going to come back there. We've kind of fast-forwarded to where you're at today. And I know a lot of folks, whatever those values are, maybe it's uh, you gave the example of the kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. the children historically, you know, the kind of model family. We're busy. We're, we're task-oriented. The kids are in the way. You know, give them something to do. Give right. them that uh, iPad or <laughs> the video game or whatever. But you're saying, no, we're being deliberate. We're being intentional. We're going to teach our children how to cook alongside of us. And, or maybe it's a craft or a family uh, trade. Maybe it's beading. Maybe it's pottery. Maybe right. it's uh, weaving. Whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying this is part of our family heritage. This is part That's of right. what we value. Absolutely. So I really see how this relates to what we're talking about. But I think because I left you guys back in 1985, <laughs> some people are saying, well, I still haven't gotten this trajectory. I mean, here they are, uh, professionals, busy. They say we're just too busy. We've got to be more intentional with our family. Well, how does that go from that to now running these family retreats all over the world? Yeah, well, that was uh, it was a transition. Sometimes it's not good to know what the future is going to look like. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, we did become very intentional. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in fact, uh, you know, to throw this in for the, the medical people that might be listening, <laughs> I made a commitment that I was going to learn to say no 
or in my job because I was saying yes to a lot of people in my church and a lot of people in my career. And I was saying no unintentionally, but as a result to my wife and my children. So I made a commitment to my wife that before I say yes to anything else, I'm going to be talking to you about it, and I'm going to be talking to God about it. Mm. And to figure out where you're going to get that time, because, because we, f- we all fill up our day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, we came to recognize, again, very intentionally and very practically, that we can't add any more hours. So somewhere we subtract when we add something else in. Now, this okay. sounds very basic, but it is very revolutionary when you really get serious about it. So when we started implementing this, it was life-changing because we don't have extra hours in the day. They're going to come. They usually, for most of us, they come from where we should be having some time with God and we're too busy and where we should be having some time with our wife or our husband and we're too busy and then some time with our children. All those things get pushed aside so that other people's demands can be put on us. We take them on and we get pats on the back from people on the outside who say, great job, but we diminish the relationships here. Hmm. And so, you know, a week after I made this commitment and started activating Mm -hmm. it, the president of of our hospital where we worked called me out in a leadership meeting publicly and gave me the opportunity to sit on the executive committee, which was a very sought-after position Mm -hmm. for hospital administration leadership. So were you in leadership at that time? I was. I was the director of the School of Radiography there at the hospital. And I wasn't expecting to have him call me out. Uh-huh. I mean, to personally invite me in front of the entire leadership council of the whole hospital. And I, I actually declined that opportunity, which was very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so I you knew. did it on the spot, or you said, I need to consider it? I did it, it on the spot. Uh-huh. He asked me on the spot, and I made the decision on the spot because I had already recognized that I was way overcommitted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in reality. But I throw that in there because actually that didn't go over very well with the president of the hospital at the time, mm-hmm. but it did later. It went over well with the president of the hospital later, later. because he started to understand the commitment. And he, we, we used to ride bikes together. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, several of my colleagues at the time came back to me later and really expressed, we did not understand the direction you were going, but we really respect you for the decisions you've made uh-huh. and the impact it's having. Because when it started making an impact here, it started making an impact in our church. Hmm. And it started making an impact in our hospital. Yeah, when it ha- made an impact in our family. When our, when our family's in- the impact was changing, uh-huh. This is where things started to grow into ministry. Huh. You realize that just making a personal decision, I mean, what looked like a family decision for your family had far-reaching implications Absolutely. on your influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never imagined, l- let me just say this, and from that point in our lives back in 1985, we never could have ever imagined, and I've said this to my wife, not long ago, I said, who would have ever imagined that we would be diamond on Delta Airlines, the highest level of travel, that we're million and a half milers, that's seat time in an airplane, not bonus miles. 
I would I've never imagined that. Uh-huh. I grew up on a farm, okay, in Michigan. <laughs> and that's because we began to be intentional about where we wanted life to go and it was going in the wrong direction and God started heading us in a different direction. Well, Elaine, one of the things that strikes me about your journey is the fact that you have 5 to 700 people coming to a single venue is that you're talking about something that resonates with people. What kind of stories do you hear? We want to hear that in our next segment. But before we break, tell us one more time, if someone's got to step away from the show and can't come back to join us, how does someone learn more about your ministry? The simplest way is to go to the website, restoration-international.org, and they can learn lots about the ministry. We have a section, Meet Us. They can learn about us. There's pictures of our family from when our kids were really little up until they're young adults, and it's just a way to get oriented. Wonderful. We've got to step away, but we'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go away. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to American Indian Living. 
We're in the second half of today's edition, and we are talking with Tom and Elaine Waters from Restoration International. We're at the ASI National or International Convention here in Orlando, Florida. And we're speaking with a group of folks, Tom and Elaine Waters, who run Restoration International. And I think a lot of us have been engaged by your story. Elaine, we've been hearing about how you and Tom, just kind of a chance dialogue around the fireplace, start talking about what's really important and really your direction starts to shift, and it shifts dramatically. Tom is turning down promotions. And you are, I'm assuming, putting your ambitions for a master's in nursing on hold. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And um, in addition to that, I started really looking at the time I am at home with my children. Am I really investing time with the children or we're just occupying the same house space together? Mm. So I started being more de- uh, deliberate about spending time with them. I think I mentioned that earlier. And then as we made the decision to be serious about putting our family first, we recognized that the environment in which we lived was so intense that it was always pulling our attention away and that we wanted to bring our family into an area to live in an area that was more conducive to a simpler life where we could be more focused and less distracted. So we actually, uh, over time, ended up, quitting our careers i mean stepping away from our Uh medical profession Uh and we moved several states away to montana because at that time we were living in illinois and we moved the state of montana out into the country to raise our children and to educate our children with what we felt were the important valuable values and principles that would make them not successful and happy and great you know people and ready for uh, an eternal life you know, I love this story because I hear this story playing out in Indian country. You know, people will tell me I was living in an urban area, and I said I need to go back to the reservation, which often is in a more you know rural location. Mm-hmm. And so people tell me stories of how they're getting reconnected with their family, with their roots, with their culture, with their language mm-hmm. in, uh, in Indian country. So I hear you folks, kind of a similar journey, maybe a little bit different perspective. You're not native, right? No. Right. But I think it's a journey that resonates with families, regardless of whether they're from the heart of Indian country or whether they don't have Native American roots, because you're saying what's really important, and you're willing to pull away from really what everyone is saying, well, are the values that most people embrace today. I mean, was that difficult for people continually pulling you aside and saying, what are you guys doing? Well, it was. I mean, there were some people who told us we're absolutely crazy. Uh-huh. But we just, we had this vision, and we didn't know how all was going to be lived out in reality, but we just made those steps forward. And I tell you, they were very happy times for our family. I mean, we got back to strong family values, mm. strong family ties, fun together as a family we did we did everything together we worked together mm-hmm. got firewood together we painted or stained the log house together you know we learned to do all those things grew a garden together learn how to preserve our food together so it was something of bonding for us and over time people who knew us from our past medical career mm-hmm. life would say wow your family's so different you know they come out and visit wow, you seem so happy. I mean, your children are so happy. And they actually get along. I mean, they don't hate each other. They're best friends. What did you do? How are you doing this? So we began to share. And that's how this 
ministry or this uh, business that we have, Restoration International, has been birthed with just sharing our experience with others. And it's grown and grown and grown because at the root of it all, we all want to live in our homes and have true love and connection in the family. So, Tom, I'm just trying to process this all, and I'm thinking of what my listeners are hearing because they know that you guys offer these retreats all around the country. You offer one in the state that I currently call home, California, as well as some states where I've called home in the past, which include Oklahoma and New York. And someone's saying, well, boy, this kind of sounds like a dangerous retreat to go to because it sounds like these <laughs> folks are going to tell me I need to leave my urban environment and, and move out in the country. Is that a, a strong pitch that you guys no, make to No, it everyone? isn't, uh, although we, we see more and more of the validity of it, and we see uh, more and more people uh-huh. saying, you know, this, this uh, squirrel cage is spinning so fast these days that I think I, I, I might need to get off for a while and take mm. a break. <laughs> so people are seeing this everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it isn't really a strong pitch that we make. Uh, what it is is it's the journey that we were on, which took us in the direction that we we have never regretted. Mm-hmm. Okay, I said earlier it's nice that we don't always see the future because we went through some uh, very difficult times, mm-hmm. but they were family building times for everybody. So, yeah, they they won't. Uh, they won't hear that story everywhere we go, okay? Okay. Well, I think some people are thinking of the logistics, too. I mean, it's one thing if you maybe have family on a reservation, there's a place that you can relocate to, and there's, you know, an option like that. Yes. Uh, but for many people, they say, well, how would I ever leave my job or both of us leave our jobs and go out to some rural location? I mean, a lot of people are just living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you That's must right. have had something in the bank to actually make a move like that. Is that right? Yeah, we, we were able to sell our home, uh-huh. and um, we were both very blessed to be have, have parents that were very good financially. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't one of the issues that we faced, which is the number two issue that breaks marriages down, but we didn't, fortunately didn't face that one. And uh, so we were good savers. Uh-huh. We were able to sell our home okay. in our suburban setting, and we were very frugal with our funds. We lived on six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars our first year in Montana for now, twelve months. Now wait a minute. So six thousand that included your housing? It, yes, everything. Really? So you you know that's not that's not the back in the eighteen hundreds. That was in nineteen eighty six. Well, it could have just as well been the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> okay. So in other words, the message is that uh-huh. you don't have to have. To stockpile of resources. Uh-huh. You just have to be willing to make decisions where you are. And a lot of people right where we are, we had, we didn't have this vision and then just up and leave. It was a process of making changes mm-hmm. where we were and taking it step by step. That's just how we were led for our family. Mm-hmm. But many people can make these same steps right where they are. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about accountability to how we spend our time, mm-hmm. where we invest our time, and how we communicate in the family. And it sounds like the whole process really begins with using this uh, theme of being deliberate or intentional. It starts with being intentional about what your goals and your values yeah. are, right? What Isn't do you it? want ahead? Mm-hmm. I mean, most people, and we were, we're the same, okay? Most people are surviving life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want me to plan a month ahead? I'm just trying to get through the day, buddy. Wow. Okay? Uh-huh. That's, that's the way most of us live our lives. And it's very intense and very fast moving. And these devices that most of us carry around, 
in one way or another. And you're showing us a cell phone for That's those right. of you watching, but <laughs> radio doesn't lend itself too well to this. So, okay. Uh, I was going to put that in, but thank you for filling okay, in the good, words. Good, good. But we are often driven by everyone else's demands. Huh. And we have become so accessible to so many people so much of the time that we have lost who am I? Hmm. What am I thinking is important today? What is my plan for today? And we have become very intentional about planning, setting goals. And we do this every couple of weeks. We look at our goals, Mm -hmm. our monthly goals. We look at five years. We look at a 10-year plan. Most people, when they hear that, and we were just like most people back when we started having our eyes opened, they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at where they're spending their money. They're not keeping track of They don't have a budget. They don't have a goal. And they don't even know, what are my children going to do when they're five years from now or Mm -hmm. any of that? I think probably the basic goal for most Americans, and I would say probably also in the Native American culture, is we just work until we earn enough that we can live off our earnings. So we call Mm -hmm. it retirement, okay? Mm -hmm. So we just keep plugging away, plugging away, plugging away, and we don't have any... Uh, specific short-term goals it's just somewhere out there and when we live long enough and work hard enough maybe we'll be able to get there and then we'll just retire and relax and then we'll start living Hmm. we need to be living and having fun and joy in the journey not wait till the end of the journey when we're spent and exhausted and have no good health left to have the joy You know, as we're speaking about all these things, I know one of the things that really connects with our listeners are stories. And you folks have been working with a lot of people, even mentioned right here in this convention venue, rubbing shoulders with people who were having various uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. Tell us a a story, of course, it's all going to be anonymous, of someone whose life was changed through coming to one of your family retreats. We could be thinking of of a half a dozen different things mm-hmm. recently, but the one that really has impacted us, I think we, and this is just within the last year, mm-hmm. and this is a couple who, uh, as far as they knew or the wife knew, they were very in love. Mm-hmm. They were very close with another couple, and it was his wife's best friend that he ended up being involved in an affair with. Wow. That was, it was tragic Uh and devastating, as you can imagine. But as we speak today, the long and short of it, we had the opportunity and the privilege of being able to work with the couple uh, whose husband had gotten involved in the affair. He experienced a change of heart that was amazing. And his wife received a spirit of forgiveness that was also amazing. We call it a miracle, okay? Mm. And that couple today is, uh, by their own testimony, more in love than they were on their wedding day. And they have come through this, contrary to many people who will be told that if you have this kind of infidelity, it's either a deal breaker, you you might as well get divorced, or it will take you years to recover. Hmm. It has not taken, it's been less than nine months, and their recovery has been miraculous. So well, that's, that's hard to believe. We really. get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get excited because we have the privilege and opportunity to work with those kind of people and to, to give them a window of hope that it doesn't have to be like they think it is. It does not have to destroy their home and their children. 
like we've seen so many times in the society we live in. You know, I love this story because although we're speaking about healthy relationships, I was just at a National Indian Health Board conference where the focus was on especially mental health, but we were also speaking about chronic diseases mm -hmm. and how that impacts mental health. I was actually doing a workshop where I was talking about diabetes and high blood pressure and how this can impact brain health. Mm -hmm. And as we're going through the dialogue, the very same subject came up, Tom, in a little bit different construct. We're saying, you know, people get that diagnosis of diabetes, and many times in Indian country, they feel like, well, there's no hope. Mm -hmm. I'm going to end up on dialysis, end up with an amputation. And so just being able to instill hope is part of the healing mm -hmm. process. And I hear you guys sharing the same stuff on a relationship level. People would say, hey, if there's infidelity in a relationship, I mean, it's over. You know, hang it up or, you know, basically you're not going to be happy for a long time. You can't trust each other. Wow. This is amazing stuff, isn't it, Elaine? It is. It, <laughs> and I think really in, as we focus on what we can be doing in, the, in our relationships to increase the time we have together and to have intentional, we have seen in our relationship and with many others that there's always hope. Wow. We're going to talk more about this in our final segment. Don't go away. Dr. DeRose will be back with more. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. 
Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Well, we're in the home stretch of today's edition of American Indian Living. Final segment, talking with Tom and Elaine Waters of Restoration International. Elaine, we've been talking about stories, changed lives. Tell us another story. Well, I mentioned, you know, just before the break that there's always hope. No matter what kind of situation we come from, there's always hope Mm -hmm. that we don't have to stay there. There is a way out. And we just started uh, a new series that listeners can view on, on our website online. It's called Real Families, mm. and it's a story about a couple who came together. They had a very rough background, both of them, and dysfunctional homes, and they share their, their testimony on there and how they came on their journey and through the, the power of God and mm. through the Ministry of Restoration International. Their marriage and their family are thriving, happy, resilient you know, the kids love mom and dad. Mm. And so that little documentary uh-huh. is on the website. It's about 18 minutes to watch. It's a family that's just from the from the hard places of life into mm. a new place in life on their journey. Now, remind me, how does someone get to this video? How do I find it? Restoration-international.org is the ministry website. They can go on that and... Right in the front, there'll be a thing that flashes. It gives different aspects uh-huh. of the ministry. And on there, one of the things is called Real Families Documentary. Real Families Documentary. And is this a single documentary? There's only one? There's yeah, only one. The first, the first one, one, there's going to be more that are planned. Okay. So I don't have to sort through a big list of documentaries. No. I'll find this 18-minute story. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's more of an interview format, or is it actually like a produced it's a, feature film? Yeah, it's produced. a film. But okay. It's a produced film, but it, it was done on an interview style. Uh-huh. But it's... Testimonial it's, style. Yeah, testimonial nice, style. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. It's very it's very moving, at least from our perspective, because uh-huh. we know the family. here at this convention, <laughs> I had a lady walk by our mm-hmm. booth, didn't know anything about us. I was explaining to her, you know, about this, and she had seen that documentary. She had made the made the connection that it was with through us, uh-huh. and she said, "I watched that and I cried through the whole thing." Wow, it was so powerful huh. to see where these two individuals had come from, and now where they are together in life and with their three children. Uh-huh. It was truly a miracle. So we're talking about healing families, healing communities, healing tribes. I mean, really, like you shared, the impact of what happened between the two of you impacted, of course, your children, which impacted your places of work. And now you're touching people throughout the world, really extending this invitation, if you will, Mm -hmm. to stop, to refocus, to put your priorities in the right place. So, Tom, as you help people on that journey... Do you say there's some non-negotiable, something that, that everyone has to do if they want to end up successfully, or is everyone's path unique and there's some general principles? Yeah, I mean, everyone's path is unique, but I think the most important thing in, in the context of what we shared today is that somehow, either through a Friday night like we experienced back in 1985, or in some way, we need to be able to stop and say, 
Am I doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing? Am I happy doing what I'm doing? Is this my direction or did somebody else put me on this path? Is somebody else keeping me on this path? Is my marriage what I want it to be? Do I connect with my children in a way that I'm leaving a heritage here? I'm leaving a legacy. I think if, and and this may sound a little bit simplistic, but I think too few of us today in the rat race we live in even take a moment, let alone five minutes, to just look at where am I in life right now? Hmm. Who's controlling me? What's mm-hmm. controlling me? Mm-hmm. And if if people would do that, I believe that they would become more encouraged by, okay, I am, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving the way my marriage is going. But for most of us, we say, I'm not sure how I got this far down this path, but uh-huh. I need to make some changes. And then they can become intentional and really say, you know, I look at my wife and I say, honey, is this where we want to be heading right now? This is where a lot of our time is going. Do we want to stay on this? And if people would just take the time to have that kind of conversation together, and then we would encourage families to do what we call family counsel. Hmm. Just sit together as a family and and give everybody a chance. I sit down as dad Mm -hmm. with a pad of paper and I say, okay, so how are we doing? Mm-hmm. How's life in this home? And that's we did that with our young people. And it was amazing. When they felt the freedom to do that, mm-hmm. they gave a lot of input. Mm. And then we would weigh in on that together and decide how life is going to look with some of the changes we're going to make this week in our family. Sounds like a great message for a lot of organizations, too. Absolutely. You know, to really get, get input from all those that have a vested interest. You know, as you're sharing this, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's Cherokee, and I've done some uh, programs with him in Indian country where I'll do mm-hmm. some health uh, segments, you know, physical health, and he'll speak about Native culture and Native heritage. And one of the interesting things he shared that resonated with me is he speaks about this concept. Some people call it a day of rest or a Sabbath. And a lot of people think, well, this is a very Christian thing. And he was talking about how in his Cherokee heritage, as he studied back, that this was something that was of value historically in his tribal culture. Mm -hmm. But that concept of pulling apart for a day where you refocus, where you look at, you know, spiritual values, where are things headed, Mm -hmm. I think is something that people cross cultural lines say, you know what? This is something really valuable, but a lot of people say, well, how do you do it, though? I mean, I, I mean, it's a nice idea, but I'm just running. How could, how could I take that kind of deliberate time? Elaine, do you have any counsel for someone who's just saying, well, this all sounds great, but I, how do I do it? If we look at what we are used to, it's impossible mm-hmm. because we've already proved it. But if we believe that we can benefit from it and we want to to make take that step of faith forward and that leap forward and say I can do this it's as simple as a choice and the bottom line is we can choose what we want to do we can choose where we want to be we can choose how we want to spend our time so it for us was a very serious matter of choice once we made that choice we saw the benefit of it we continued to do that 
Mm-hmm. It's I that simple. Just add one thought to that, and that is take inventory. Hmm. Take inventory. We made a commitment as a family to take inventory of our day for one week. Okay. Every day. Uh-huh. Take inventory, and we actually did it. Uh, you can do it on your device, but we did it on paper. Okay. And we took inventory, and we looked at how much time we were wasting and how much time we were spending on things that were not really compatible with or conducive toward our goals. Hmm. And if, you know, we started, when we started spending time as a husband and wife communicating, I gave my wife five minutes. That sounds ridiculous. But I made her a commitment. I said, we need daily communication and I will give you five minutes. Now, when you say it sounds ridiculous, does it sound ridiculous that you gave her that much time or that little time? That little time. Okay. Well, that's what I was kind of thinking. Because, uh-huh. because I wanted to stay with that commitment. Uh-huh. And I, I was a busy person. We lived busy lives. But uh-huh. that time was never five minutes. When we made the commitment, that time grew. It was never only five minutes. Okay. But that commitment stuck. And so I'm, I want to encourage your listeners that many times we, we get stuck with our old ruts that we think must be our life ahead. Uh We need to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to change everything today, but I'm going to change a few things this week, and it's going to make an impact in my family. I I love the five-minute concept because I do the same thing with people when I'm saying make a commitment to regular exercise. Yes. So I want you to do something every day, even if it's just five minutes. That's right. And you're right. If you make... If you carve out an amount of time, you say, hey, there's no way you can't make five minutes. Right. Get in the habit of doing it. And when you see the benefits, it'll often grow to something more, right? That's right. Elaine, the clock is rapidly winding down. But um, I do want to hear maybe some final words of encouragement from you. If someone is saying, okay, you guys are speaking to me, what's my next step? You got a quick, uh, quick direction pointer? The simplest thing is what's the most important thing to you right now to change or that you want to readjust in your life. Just pick one thing. Don't be overwhelmed with everything is a mess, Uh but there's one thing out of that mess that you can deal with at this moment. Make that choice. Make that decision. Make that choice and then begin to implement it. A little bit of change brings a big result in the family. Excellent. Tom, one more time, that website, help us out. Restoration-international.org. Thank you guys so much. we got to step away. David DeRose with Tom and Elaine Waters. That's it for today's edition of American Indian Living. Hopefully today's show has helped you to uh, more likely capture having the very best of health. I'm Dr. DeRose. Until next time, goodbye from all of us at American Indian Living. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.